If we're drinking, what are the reasons why we're drinking? If you're drinking because it's a celebration, how does that affect you tomorrow? We develop goals here at Pritikin. When you're thinking about your goal, how long do you want it to take to get to that goal? Making decisions like drinking can really have an effect on how quickly you get to your goal and the quality of your goal. From the Pritikin Longevity Center in Miami, Florida, welcome to the Healthier Everyday Podcast, where we talk about your health, your fitness, your mindset, the food you eat, and putting it all together to create an amazing lifestyle. In this episode, Kara and Genesis discuss the relationship between stress and alcohol consumption. They delve into the effects of alcohol on the body, particularly on the liver, brain, and overall health. The conversation covers strategies for finding a healthy balance between social drinking and personal health goals. Kara Bernstein has over 20 years of experience as a registered dietitian. Kara coaches her clients for issues such as weight loss, cardiovascular disease, gut health, and behavior modification strategy. Genesis Etienne is a licensed mental health counselor and family therapist. Her life's work has been to serve the diverse mental health and community support needs of people looking to make their lives healthy and whole. Enjoy today's episode and don't forget to like and subscribe. So Genesis, I am so excited to talk to you today because I feel like we see each other all the time in passing and we see a lot of the same guests um, and they often have a lot of the same questions, but um, this gives us a really good opportunity to discuss um, some of the reasons why the guests come to see me and why they come to see you absolutely, and why it's so important that um, we have a synergy together in helping the guests overcome some of the obstacles absolutely. Um, that they have when they come here. And I feel like one of the biggest reasons why people come to Pritikin, especially those that have been here before, is that it really helps give them a reset. Because let's face it, Life can be challenging. Absolutely. It, in, in my opinion, I, I feel like there's always a lot of balls up in the air. And um, sometimes we let those balls fall. Yeah. And we don't know how to pick them up again. So coming to Pritikin is just sort of a time out where you can come and just really focus on yourself and try to, you know, get rid of the stress of whatever, whether it's work related or relationship related mm -hmm. or whatever that may be. And just kind of focus on on the food and the fitness and not have all of these other things lingering Absolutely around and distracting them and distracting them. Yeah. So, you know, um, one of the biggest questions I always get is, um, well, you know what? I am here and I am doing really well. Um, but I can't stay here forever. Right. I got to go back home and I got to go back to all of those stressors. So how am I going to deal with the food and the stress? And, um, you know, one of the other things that comes up is, is the whole alcohol mm -hmm. situation. And you, we were recently talking and you were asking me, Kara, like, what do you, what do you tell people about alcohol? It's so incredible. It's incredible how many folks have asked me that in lectures. And so I'm always going to take a mental health aspect, right? right, right. Um, as a, as a mental health and a licensed mental health clinician, I'm always thinking about, well, why are you drinking? You know, what other things can you be doing in lieu of drinking? But we drink for a multitude of reasons that have nothing really always to do with stress, right? It could be celebrations, um, it could be social. It could be because you're sad or because you're trying to deal with some unhealthy emotions. But we're going to take different, you know, views of it because you're looking at it really from a more like how it affects your body. And I'm looking at how it affects your life and, and your choices, 
right? How you're coping with things. So it's really interesting. And so for me, I try to go with like an abstinence. If you know you can't handle alcohol really, really well, try to stay away from it. But life happens and people do come here. And that's always the big question that I get. How am I going to deal with this when I get home? You know, this is such a nice, insulated, safe community. Right, right, but when right. I get home, what do I do? Can I still Can I still have my glass of wine? How many glasses of wine can I have? And to be perfectly honest with you, I really can't give someone a point blank answer yeah. until I kind of delve into a little bit about the reasons why they're doing it. So the, you know, for me, I, I love the therapy part. Like I'm so into that part, but my primary role also is to educate people Absolutely. on the effects of alcohol on the physical body. And so what I can tell you is that, um, when you drink alcohol, it, it goes, it is, um, filtered through your liver and your liver is, is the sort of the garage that detoxifies things even more than alcohol. It's just sort of a detoxifier. Sure. So, um, if you think about it, alcohol actually is a toxin to the body and the liver is our protector. So if we have a little bit of alcohol, sometimes it, it can do its job, but picture over the course of time over and over and over again, we're drinking alcohol that puts more and more pressure on the liver of course. and over time, that liver can get a little bit fatty. It can get a little bit inflamed. And we know what happens with inflammation in the body. Right. It can cause, it can spearhead cardiovascular disease. It can cause damage to the brain. It can um, even influence certain cancer markers. Sure, cirrhosis. So, cirrhosis of the liver, which basically cirrhosis of the liver is scarring of the liver. So, you know, we were kind of talking about, you know, why is it that when we're, when we're young, you know, when we're in college per se, like we could go on a weekend and we can drink a ton of alcohol and then we could wake up in the morning and we can go run five miles. Right. How is that possible? And now at the age of, you know, 50, 40, 60, whatever it is, um, we drink a lot of alcohol and we can't get up in the morning. No, it's metabolized completely different. It is, it, it is. And it's also something over time that accumulates and that our, our liver is just not as efficient and virile and young as it used to be. Sure. So um, I, I actually read something. I'm going to read it to you right here so don't screw it up. But um, I found this to be so profound. And it says right here in a study that fatty liver gradually develops in 90% of those who drink more than a half an ounce of alcohol per day. Wow. That's just per day. So, um, and a half an ounce of alcohol, I mean, if you can imagine what that looks like. So basically a shot of alcohol is 1.5 ounces. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> you could see over time, the damage that alcohol can actually do to Absolutely. our bodies. So we got to be pretty gosh, darn careful how we're, um, how we're utilizing the alcohol. And, and the other thing that I find so fascinating and so interesting is that as humans, we always try to rationalize things. Of course. So the other thing that I get from a lot of people is, Hey, Kara, you know what? I read that red wine is actually good for the heart. So I could keep on drinking my red wine. Right. right. <laughs> and, and, and I'll say, well, to be perfectly honest with you, yes, research does show that red wine has certain components in it, these antioxidants that are actually found in grapes, right. which is the, which is what is good for the heart. So eat the grapes. So, right? <laughs> so yes, you could do the alcohol, but I'm telling you that 
it's better to do the grape than the alcohol. But at the end of the day, having a little bit of red wine, if that's all that you do, like say you have, you know, one or two glasses of wine a week, is that really going to affect your life? Possibly not. Right. But um, my question to the guest is when they ask me about alcohol is when you drink a glass of wine, is that a glass of wine or does that become a bottle or two of right. wine? How do you do your right. wine? And then I can engage you in a suggestion as, as what, what will work for you. We can't wait to welcome you to the Pritikin Longevity Center this summer. Be a part of our world-renowned program and enjoy our lowest rates in years. We're making some exciting improvements to our facility from August 6th through September 17th. During this time, our guests will continue to enjoy the lush grounds and world-class amenities of the Trump National Doral. Guests will remain engaged in the program in our temporary location, steps away from their deluxe accommodations. All at a price that is 40% off our high season rate. Our temporary facilities will be comfortable, luxurious, and convenient for you to experience the life-changing Pritikin program. The prices offered during the renovation will never be matched again. Book a consult today to learn more about these great low rates while they last. Come experience for yourself what over 100,000 people have learned, that Pritikin will change your life for the better. I think the other thing here is that folks come here because they want to get healthier, right? But oftentimes they're also dealing with a real medical thing. So we know that alcohol is mostly made out of sugar. You know, and we know how that can affect our bodies, how it affects diabetes, how it can affect hypertension on all of these different things. So, but more for me, I'm more concerned with like, okay, if we're drinking, what are the reasons why we're drinking? You know, if you're drinking to cope with things, that's something that you should be kind of maybe, you know, looking at other ways of coping. Um, and if you're drinking because it's a celebration or things like that, how does that affect you tomorrow? You know, I know that we develop goals here at Pritikin. And so... Again, we always say, you know, when you're when you're thinking about your goal, how long do you want it to take to get to that goal? You know, and so making decisions like drinking every day um, can really have an effect on how quickly you get to your goal and the quality of your goal. You know what I mean? Um, but more than anything, I want for folks to be able to know the, the, the education, you know, like if you're going to make a choice to be drinking, you know, while you're going through the program or after how, how it's going to affect our bodies, how it's going to affect our choices you know, how it affects, I've worked with a lot of substance abuse in my, in my career. And so every time I hear about a lot of drinking, I always go to, well, you know, hmm, is this something that you have an issue with? Are there other ways to be coping with your stress? You know, where did you learn these things? You know, and so we don't delve too much into the behavioral component here at Pritikin, but it is important in, in my own consults to be able to let people know, hey, you know, yes, you're making this choice. How is it going to affect you? Which is why I think that this part is so important. But how, how also is it going to affect the choices that you make tomorrow? Are you going to want to wake up tomorrow and go to the gym if you've been drinking today? You know, we know that it can lower inhibition. Um, it, it can have, we have cravings when we've been drinking alcohol the next day. We usually Absolutely. tend to make worse food choices, right? People want a piece of pizza or a burger because they're dealing with a hangover. So it all kind of, I think that the conversation is really, really important um, because these are, you know, life, life right. is real. Life is and, happening. And you know what's interesting? Um, one of the points that you brought up is um, the sugar uh, in the alcohol. The other thing I also like to remind people is that um, macronutrients have calories. So we have carbohydrates, we have proteins, we have fats. Okay. So carbohydrates and proteins are four calories per gram. 
okay? Fats, nine calories per gram. So that's why here at the Pritikin Center, we're careful with fats. They're right. high calorie for low amounts. So when it comes to alcohol, it is not a macronutrient, right. but alcohol is seven calories per gram. Wow. So regardless of what alcohol, if it's wine or vodka or brandy. Seven or calories per gram. Wow. So. I'm done. <laughs> so to remind you that um, when you're drinking alcohol, not only are you influencing how your liver is being utilized, um, but you're also drinking a lot of calories and research does show us that when we drink, it doesn't necessarily fill us up. Oh, no. So, you know, one of the things we always talk about is that when, when you get calories, you want to feel them. You want to chew them. If you're drinking them, it's almost like you're getting calories without getting any sort of satiety. Right. So that's one thing to think about. The other thing to think about with the alcohol is just as you said, it lowers inhibition. So if all of a sudden you, you know, you have a, a you know, a couple of glasses of wine, are you going to go for that salad or are you going to go for that pizza? Because pizza always looks healthy to me after a couple of glasses <laughs> sure. of wine, to be perfectly honest. So um, it's really important to know that, you know, if you're going out, if, if it's like, I'm like, listen, we're, we're human beings. So if, if you're going to an event like a wedding or a birthday party or something like that, and everybody's engaging in alcohol and you want to do that, then let's talk about it. Let's make a plan, a of, plan. of how, what that's going to look like so that you, you can, you know, the biggest thing that people always say is, oh, I would, I, I, you know, I cheated today. I'm like, listen, did you cheat or did you treat? Right. There, and did you choice? And right? what, what, you know, did, did you decide if you decided that you're going to go to this wedding and that you're going to have, you know, a couple of glasses of wine and you do that, then you did exactly what you said that you were going to do. But if you go in there thinking that, you know what, I, I am not going to drink any wine, but at the end of the day that you know that you, that you, that you will, because history repeats itself, then don't beat yourself up for, right. for doing something that you already right. knew was, was going to happen. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So definitely. I know a lot of folks who are like dieting will tend to not want to eat before they, you know, because they're going to eat the calories or they're going to drink the calories. Um, and I think that that's also really unhealthy because you should probably eat something before you go out. Yeah. Drinking. What happened? Right. What happens if we don't, if we save up our calories and right. we don't eat all day and then we have one drink? There you go. I mean, Especially, you're going to be hammered. You're going to get well, hammered. Well, it also depends on what your, what your tolerance is as well. You know what I'm saying? But, but the truth is, is that regardless of whether it's drinking or going out to a restaurant, in my opinion, it is actually not a good idea to save it up because all you're going to do is be really hungry and have a whole lot of cravings. So it's going to gear you towards probably having more than if you really sort of prepared yourself right. a little bit prior to going out and feeling, you know, satisfied and not super hungry of course. or super cravy of like, I, I need, I is need something. Is there something that you would recommend that they eat before? Before. Well, I would say it's always a good idea to balance whatever it is that you're eating. So if you're eating, for example, um, some fruit, fruit is very sugary, right. balance it out with some more fiber like vegetables or have, you know, a yogurt or something that has protein in it so that you have nice balanced blood sugars. Because if you go into a situation with a low blood sugar situation, yeah. you're, you're going to increase your craving for things like alcohol and, um, other carby refined and processed foods yes. already. So 
um, setting yourself up for success is, is really important. Um, and the other thing, you know, that I really wanted to focus on on talk today is the correlation between the stress and the alcohol. And to me, the question always is what comes first? Do we have stress and then we go to the alcohol or are we drinking alcohol on a regular basis? And it's actually adding to our stress, adding to our anxiety and what we're trying to help. We're actually deepening the problem because there is such a correlation. Everything that I read, not only about how, how alcohol affects the body in terms of the brain and the heart and the liver and all of our organs in our body, but how it affects our, our, our mind and the sleep, for example, so, so what happens is, um, some people say that if, if they have a lot of stress that they, they have trouble sleeping yeah. and if they have a little bit of alcohol, they kind of just like pass out, it's right? It's the quality of sleep. But though. at the end of the day, when people have a lot of alcohol and they're sleeping, their sleep is completely disrupted. disrupted. So what happens is, is that, you know, by drinking for stress and by help, drinking to help sleep, it's, it's actually worsening the problem right. than, than helping the problem. Yes. So what's really, really important is if you have stress and alcohol is not serving you well for that stress, what are some other mechanisms that we can utilize to help relieve the stress so we don't have to turn to the things that are actually worsening our situation? Sure. Here at the Pritikin Center, it's like rainbows and unicorns. All you gotta do is show up and everything is planned and prepared for you. But when you get home, get ready for those lions and tigers and bears. Whether you're racing out the door to work and skipping breakfast or glued to the Zoom call and no time for lunch, or maybe you're in retirement and every day is a holiday. The solution, you need a plan. My name is Kara. I've been a registered dietitian for over 20 years and I've helped thousands of clients create sustainable plans that stick. At the Pritikin Center, we offer a one-to-one -one remote nutrition coaching program with me. Together, we will create a customized plan that addresses your lifestyle, your health markers, and any of those derailers that lead you astray. Support and accountability can be the difference between finding success and constantly chasing after it. Sign up today for more information about Pritikin at Home Concierge Nutrition Program. So I always say, you know, I, I, I tell all my clients all the time, who are you? Really think about the things that you love, because that's going to be where you can find other ways to deal with a stress or a depression, a frustration, anxiety, um, looking for pleasurable activities, you know, again, getting the best amount of sleep that you possibly can. And I know it's hard when people are stressed out, you know, but really trying to plan how you're going to do your sleeping. And it's really because it's the number one way that we deal with our stress is how we sleep, you know, and it's the number one thing that we lose when we are stressed. Right. Um, so definitely finding different ways. You know, we, we talk a lot about emotion focused coping and problem focused, finding something that's going to get you over the hump. So if you know you're stressed out right now and you've got the choice to either grab something to drink a shot of something or wine and do something else, like take a walk, call a friend, maybe journal, you know, jump in a pool, anything that's going to get you over that stress hump. That's called emotion-focused coping, and we talk a lot about that because, again, when you leave Pritikin, you know, and when you're living your life, you're going to continue to have this, the top stresses that you've always had. Those, just, those, those stressors don't go away. They don't go away. But how we, how we handle them is, is everything. And 
Um, regarding the sleep, I, I, I do believe that there are times in our life where we just sometimes have to accept the fact that maybe we're not going to sleep as well as mm-hmm. others because I think life kind of ebbs and flows yes. in waves. And so um, sometimes if you can just accept the fact that you're going through a rough period mm-hmm. and your sleep will be impacted, then to me, that is almost de-stressing mm-hmm. to know like, okay, I had a difficult time sleeping. Right. It was warranted. It's okay. So what are some things that I can do before I go to the bed? Well, we know scientifically that if you shut off your screen a few hours right. before you go to sleep, that will help relax your brain. Yes. It still might be more stimulated than it normally is, right. but it's going to help you relax a little bit. So, you know, if you could find a way, I know it's really, really hard, but it if you is. could find a way to take that phone and put it not in your sight for a couple hours before you go to bed, then you can maybe relax a little bit. Um, one of the things that I find to be really, really helpful for me after a stressful day is um, when I get home, I go for a walk and I put in my little earbuds and I listen to something that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a lot of the times it has absolutely nothing to do with nutrition. Oh, Why? No. Because I do that all darn day long. Right. And so I want to listen to something else. And um, the truth is, is I think it would be really easy to come home, open my refrigerator, pour a glass of wine and sit down on my ass and do absolutely nothing. What that gives me is immediate gratification, but it doesn't give me long-term de-stressing. No. And it doesn't solve the problem either, right? Right. Whatever you're stressed out about is still right there. Right. But if you could take a little extra ounce of effort and say, you know what? I know that when I walk, it actually makes me feel better too. It is a little bit more difficult to motivate myself to do it. Right. But what's happening is, is that I'm delaying the instant gratification for something that I know that's going to gratify me for a longer Long period of time. And I think if we can somehow get that across to people that, yeah, I get it. Eating potato chips and drinking wine does give us instant gratification because it does provide the dopamine in, sure. our, in our brains that we're searching for. But, but we do know from coming to Pritikin and, and being in this environment, we can achieve those same pleasurable feelings, but instead of it being temporary, right. it's actually long-term right. Right. and to bottle that up and try to find very simple little changes mm-hmm. or habits that we can make. They don't have to be grandiose, right? right? So one of the biggest things that we tell people here is after dinner, go for a walk. Take a walk. What, what is that going to do for you? Well... It's going to help you not eat dessert. It's going to help you not grab that glass of wine or tequila or whatever it is that, or that, uh, what do they call it? The dessert drink Mm -hmm. that you have after the dinner. Um, It also is going to help lower blood sugars a little bit when you're moving Moving. and shaking. Um, And um, it it actually does provide some dopamine and pleasure to the brain, which is everything that we're searching for. So. And you don't feel like crap after. You know, I know so many people that have the, the glass or two or the bottle of wine and they feel crappy about themselves. It does something to your self-esteem, to your self-efficacy. Um, I know that a lot of folks come here because they are resetting. And so for me, I always let them like remind them, guys, you're not depriving yourself, right? This is a choice that you're making. And so making these good choices along the way um, and really kind of caring for yourself. I think it's really a lot about self-care. Do you care about yourself enough to not drink the bottle of wine or feel like you don't have another choice in a way that you're dealing with stress. So I think it's really looking at a bunch of different things, but I'm, I'm so grateful we had this conversation because it's so, so informative. Right. And, I, and I want for folks to have the, the knowledge in addition to 
the stress relief. Right. right? And and here's another here's another um, thing that comes up a lot um, that I find it, 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 and when people are asking me about alcohol is it is very difficult to go to a social situation and everybody else is drinking and I'm not drinking. Right. And the truth is, is that I have no problem not having a drink. Right. I'm, I'm, I feel good about that because I, I, you know, I've come to the, and I'm not saying I myself, I'm saying the general, right. I, I, I've come to a place where alcohol is in a big piece of my life. I have found other pleasures, but I don't want to be the per, I don't want to be the, um, the, uh, social the dud. I don't want to be the dud of the party. <laughs> um, the other thing is, is that when other people are drinking, they want you to drink too, yeah. because maybe they feel like you're judging them mm -hmm. for drinking and you're not drinking. So they're like, here, have a drink. So they always ask me, well, you know, what can I do in that situation? Because I feel uncomfortable. Sure. So I'm going to tell you what I tell people, but I'm very curious as to what your response would be. So one of the things that I do actually, and this just happened to me just last night, I went out to dinner with my sister's 60th birthday. It's a really big celebration. That's a huge celebration. And it was like my whole entire family, there was about 10 of us. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not a big drinker, but other people in my sure. family, they're not big drinkers either, but it's a birthday. Everybody's going to drink and um, everybody ordered a drink. And when it was my turn, I, I honestly, I, I really wasn't in the mood for a drink. So I, so I just had water. But, um, and, and my, it's my family, so I don't give a feel crap judged. or anything like that. I don't feel judged. But when I'm out in a situation, I'm at a party, I will always order a club soda with, with a splash of cranberry and a squeeze of lemon. And that way I'm holding a drink. Right. Nobody can question what I'm doing and I don't have to deal with people looking at me funny or right. anything like that. And, um, that, that's, that's yeah. kind of my, my suggestion and my solution. Same, for same, same, same. I think it quells the curiosity. Um, the other thing I, people have said that they that they say here, kind of like in social settings, is when you tell people that there's something medical, folks tend to just like right. leave you alone. Just let it go. Like but I yeah, have if a you have problem. to, you know, fake it. I fake it a lot too. If I don't feel like drinking, but I'm in a social and I don't want to be, you don't have to see, explain yeah. why you're not doing it. So club soda with lime, a little bit of ice, and I look like that's a love a lovely vodka drink. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> I, I, I find that to be super, and I actually love that drink. It's, it's super hydrating. It's super refreshing, refreshing and, and it's a really good idea. And then I would say, you know, we're spending a whole lot of time about, you know, veering away from the alcohol, but what about the person that, um, you know, once a week goes out to dinner with their husband or their wife or their colleague or whatever it is and enjoys one glass of wine once a week, in my opinion, you know, sometimes if you do it in that way, it actually can de-stress a sure, person. Sure. And if and if you are successful in, in, in limiting the amount of alcohol and it's achieving something that you're trying to do, sure. what I call lowering the shoulders, you know, at the end of the week, I and feel like my like, shoulders yes. are up like that. And if there's something that I can do to make it go like that, <laughs> then life is good. Sure. So everybody's got to find what does that. And if one or two glasses of wine in a week or one or two drinks in a week does that for you, is it going to change the life? Probably, Probably not. not. You know, is the liver having to work to detoxify it? Yeah. But is it having to work super hard? Right. No, it's the same thing when it's like, do, do I tell people never to have sugar again? Once in a blue moon, if they're, a, if they're, um, 
addicted to it. Yeah. But if they're not addicted to it, moderation does actually sometimes create success. So, you know, it's not always about saying you have to completely eliminate black or white thinking. It doesn't. I mean, sometimes it does have to be black. As you know, with substance substance abuse, abuse. then abstinence is probably the answer. But if that's not the issue and you can moderate it and it is helping you be more successful and it is de-stressing you, then why the heck not? I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. So we're, we're humans. We're not robots. We're not meant to be. No. And I mean, you know, it's it's funny because a lot of our our guests have these very robust social lives. And so they really do ask. Yeah. They have very robust social lives. It's almost like, um, they're kids again. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's, um, they've, They've worked very hard. They are successful. And now it's time to enjoy the fruits of the sure, labor. Sure. And how can we do that in a way that's not really negatively affecting right. our, our health, body. which actually, you know, you work so hard to stop working so you can de-stress. Finally. And then all of a sudden you have this playground and you're like, oh my God, I think I'm stressed out because yeah. I don't know how to handle right. all of this time. So that. That then becomes that can stressful. Create. So at the end of the day, you know, stress doesn't really end. But we, if we figure out ways to manage Better that, ways to manage them, then um, then we're then we're pretty much golden. And I think that's our work. That's our journey. It it doesn't really end. It doesn't end. Um, bring your snacks and your magazines, guys, because <laughs> the the journey keeps on continues, going. Continues, right? Yeah. The journey continues. Yeah. So a lot of what I do with my in in my lectures and in my individual consultations is what are your three top stressors, right? Like identify them and then look at how you've normally dealt with them in the past. A lot of folks will say I've dealt with them like by drinking and things like that. All right, so now this is how you've dealt with it. What is your big goal? Maybe you have uh, the goal of getting off of meds. Maybe the goal is to lose weight. Okay, understand that the way that you've been dealing with stress, which is not gonna go away, it's not gonna go away. It's right there waiting for us when we get back, is a big, huge um, hindrance to how you're gonna get your goal met, right? And so when we talk about goals, we talk about SMART goals, specific, measurable, action-oriented, time-oriented, right? And so if you know that you're, that you're binging or if you're drinking every day or you're drinking these really high-calorie drinks or fruity alcoholic drinks and things like that, you know, if you have a time that you're trying to get this thing met by and now you're drinking often, understand that those calories, they accumulate. Well, now just- you know. You, you, you can use that in, in what you're talking about and saying, listen, guys. Like you got this goal here and remember not only is alcohol um, veering you to eating more food, but alcohol in and of itself, itself is sure. quite caloric and it's not filling you, it's not filling you up. Absolutely not. And, and that boom brings a little bell Of in course. And you know what? Most people, I'm not going to, I don't have a statistic in front of me, but at least even me, right? If I have a night of drinking, I am not going to go the next day and go to the gym probably, right? I'm kind of have a headache my energy, right? My body's metabolizing it differently. So if, if I had a, a goal for that day or for that week or for that month to hit a certain amount of exercise classes or to take a certain amount of walks or to drink a certain amount of water, that all just went down the toilet. Just, you just know? because of, right. Just because I had so a night right. of drinking. You like ask yourself the question, was it What's worth more it? important? Was yeah. it worth it? And maybe once in a blue moon, yeah, it was worth right. it. Right. But most of the time, ah, no. Give yourself the grace, but also, you know, again, kind of identifying what, why am I drinking today? Am I drinking today because I'm really stressed out? Okay. What else can I do? If it is a celebration or if it is a day, sure. Give yourself the treat, right? Not the cheat. But if you're realizing, I I always tell people, think about why you're eating and think about why you're drinking. 
And that should help you to identify whether this is a mood thing or whether this is something else. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. I think that that's great. And I really, I really enjoy the camaraderie between the whole nutrition and psychological aspect of how we live our lives. It's all, it's so related. It's so related. You know, when I feel good, I tend to want to eat better. Everything, everything goes. And when I feel like crap, I tend to not. And it's so true. It's all, it's all, it's all mind body. Thank you for listening to the Healthier Everyday Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you're interested in learning more about the Pritikin Longevity Center and how the physician-led team of wellness professionals have been helping people for almost 50 years, visit Pritikin.com. That's P-R-I-T-I-K-I-N.com.